0: This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the the sky. sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go.
2: Well, unfortunately, the Seattle Seahawks have lost their fifth game of the season. They're now 3-2. Their trip to Cincinnati ended in a 17-13 defeat. And really, it's a very frustrating defeat because it felt like a game that Seattle should win. Um, Let's just get straight into it. Why does it feel like a game they should win? Well, Geno Smith had 323 passing yards. Uh, The ground game, 3.5 yards per carry, but it was there mostly when they needed it. And the defense... Basically shut out the the, the Cincinnati uh, offense in the second half, and the Bengals' yard per play differential of minus one point four one is the second worst in the in the league this season, and yet they still managed to win. And there's only eighty seven wins tracked in the twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, they also had see the seahawks had three possessions with first and goal in the second half and they came away with just three points in total obviously Geno smith through one of one of his uh picks on that sort of thing uh in total in the game seattle had five red zone trips and came away with just 10 points griff naturally when stuff like this happens people start pointing the finger at the quarterback especially on that interception and we can talk about that specific play in more detail too but I mean what's your overall takeaway of this because honestly they they had the chances they got into the red zone they just didn't come away with points at all not even touchdowns just points yeah. at all would have probably done it but
1: ultimately it's an uh, it's a very unfortunate settling of the dust of the same things that it's been going on the whole season it's it's i mean they're really the same offense they've been through through five games they have the exact same strengths and the exact same weaknesses and then the, the the results is just kind of a product of how variance the variance swings um they move the ball really well in early downs especially passing um not running not so much actually it kind of started off good the running dip and the Bengals adjusted and that was kind of part of their problem um, third downs remain an issue, like obvious pass situations remain an issue, and then the red zone remains an issue. And really the red zone issues are third down issues just occurring inside 20 yards is what that really is, I think. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I do think that, I mean, Gino was needed to be sharper here and there, I think, but he also was the primary reason they were moving the ball and getting in scoring position frequently. Um I, I I don't I mean as far as the interceptions go we should get, get that out of the way the first one I don't think was a bad decision he just threw it low uh, when he decided to to throw the wheel route to Jackson that's about where the proximity of the defender is to when you let that thing go I th- I think he just threw it too low um, I don't know
2: why he threw it that low given the defender was uh, playing kind of low and inside.
1: Well, I think that he, I think he maybe underestimated or overestimated Jackson's speed. Jackson also opens up to it and breaks his stride, um, early. Hmm. And I don't, and I, I don't, I think he was trying to drop it right over the bucket, over the shoulder. And I think the combination, it was just, I, I, I don't think he shouldn't have not thrown it per se. I think he just should have thrown it higher or went on to Colby in the flat, um, as far as the second one goes, it's clearly just miscommunication with him and DK. I mean, it's yeah. just DK stopped running his route. I'm going to assume like it doesn't make sense for DK to run the route he was running. And that given the concept, he clearly needed to be a dig route. Um, so that that's just a huge, huge blunder from DK. And that was after they hit a couple of plays. and were kind of on a roll um, on that drive. Um, as far as the sacks go. I mean, ultimately, not to give like the classic answer, but we need to see the tape. I I did not see a quarterback taking sacks because he's being oversensitive to pressure and he's, you know, like clutching, clutching up and and turning parallel, his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage. I see him trying to go through his reads, keeping his shoulder perpendicular and moving up through the pocket or sliding through the pocket and the pressure coming fast. And I think also guys weren't getting open in those instances now there were some instances where there weren't sacks and he missed a guy um and again like i don't know if that's i don't know how accurate it is to even say that i think one of them maybe it's definitely true but the way it's being characterized as though it's just missing guys all day long i don't think that is true at all i don't think the tape will show that um this is a really beat up offensive line and they were probably they were probably going to hit a wall eventually with this right and it's I'm not it was clearly they played well enough for them to move the ball in early downs right but there are just some instances where it caught up with them and I think it was a combination of Gino not being perfect in the pocket when he has been perfect before protection probably being below average and then I don't know what's going on with the the play design in the red zone guys aren't getting open they're not getting open like that much for the most part that is true I think Um, there's been a lot of that past few games so I don't know what, what do you guys think? I've rambled enough.
2: No, all the good topics. Ty?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a game that it feels like they should have won. They could have probably easily won by a couple of scores. I mean, they, they flat out dominated the Bengals for, for the most part. Um, you know, from the from the second quarter onward, I mean, we, we focused on the second half, but it really was from the second quarter onward. I mean, the Bengals' offense wasn't really able to do much of anything, and the offense was able to move the ball very well in between the 20s it was just once they they got beyond that point it all kind of fell apart um and it's also really disappointing because the first drive i mean that was probably one of seattle's best offensive drives all year and oh yeah it was was great it was it was perfectly balanced uh they only had one third down on that drive like it was it was awesome um and i mean if they just had one more drive like that (laughs) they'd probably win this game um just yeah it's just really really disappointing that they weren't able to finish things off which was something that we saw in the the carolina game it's something that we've seen you know bits and pieces here over the first four games of the season so you know like griffith griff was saying pretty much just all came to a head today but um i think there's a lot of positives to take away i think there's a lot of context that needs to be um gone over uh especially once the the once we get our hands on the tape with regards to Gino and what's going on with the offense and what went on with the offense down in the red zone um at the end of the day i mean it's a really good team that you played on, on the road you know it's a it's a tough opponent on the road um and there's still a lot of good stuff that you did so mm-hmm. Look, like it's a week 6 game. It's going to it's against an AFC opponent, whatever. Like just I think this is one of those games where you just ultimately you ball it up in the trash and uh but you take some of the good things and just kind of focus on that and um yeah, I mean there's really nothing else you can do you can do at this point other than that.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um Yeah. That being said, I think there's specific themes which continued in this game which are troubling and then there's like possibly new problems and i know griff's saying that they had to beat up offensive line but and again like last time we caveat it i guess but we do need the tape to look at specific issues because there's timing things i know on the broadcast they're showing a close copy of dk metcalf wide open early in the game well that's not really helpful having it just show dk like (laughs) and the db like we don't know the timing of uh, gino's drop back relative to that uh, we, we don't know why he, he didn't throw it to DK on that play. Like it, there's could be a different factor to that, although it did seem weird. But the, the beat-up offensive line is one thing I kind of want to dive into because Charles Cross returning, it felt like they had actually quite a bit of time and felt like anecdotal stuff. But again, we do need to analyse that in more detail. I've seen Gino blamed for these sacks and sure, he did you know hold the ball a bit long and sometimes it felt he was taking a while to move off the thing he wanted maybe trying to take a bit long to read what the Bengals disguise was uh but ultimately guys just weren't getting open like you know that he was sacked four times in total and the the fourth and eight seems pretty indicative in that it just seemed he was staring down DK Metcalf but then he's talking about how he's actually trying to look for Colby Parkinson open on an out route and DK was doubled and Maybe he could have moved off that quicker, but the concepts in the red zone to me, and this kind of brings us to the... Well, I, just, I want to finish my O-line point. My O-line point is I don't actually think they played that badly. I know Phil Haynes playing on the uh, left left guard, wasn't he? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he
2: yeah. had some rough moments. And then Bradford, right at the end, when they they knew it was like absolute pass, he seemed to have some tough moments. But... I felt they did okay, Uh, and then it's just when they're really exposed, it becomes more of an issue. You should still be able to put up points. And then at right tackle, Jake Curhan, I mean, he's soldiering on. Like He's He's banged up his left foot, Uh, He had it wrapped up, went back in the game. For what it's worth, Abraham Lucas would be eligible to return from injured reserve if possible next week for the Cardinals game. But... I didn't feel the, uh, the offensive line did too poorly. It felt like Gino a lot of the time had at least time to read one to two or, or like a half field of the concept. Um, and yeah, we, we we need to dive into that more. But f- f- what I want to f- kind of finish on, because I spoke for a while, but the fact that Seattle coming into this game was 28.89% converting third downs, second worst in the league. For context, the Jets are 26.23%. I mean that is pretty even with the offensive line stuff the way that they've managed you know I put it down to clear passing situations hurting a banged up offensive line and I think there is some of that but this game just watching the broadcast just looked like the guys downfield clearly weren't getting open or um yeah. Gino didn't I don't understand that leak play to Jackson Smith and Jigba where Gino had been confident pulling the the trigger on certain concepts. Okay, there's a linebacker desperately uh, trying to bail to get back in phase with Njigba. But if you ping, if you know, simple sitting here saying it. If you loft that over uh, the head of uh, Jackson Smith and jigba to the kind of middle area of the end zone, it's a touchdown. I don't understand why Gina uh, didn't pull the trigger there. But but ultimately, I think play calling wise, they. Uh, whatever's going on in the red zone seems to be a theme. I spoke about themes and yeah. The, yeah. the Panthers game, we looked at some of that and how they stalled in that game. And we're like, well, some of it's a bit of the O-line. Some of it is, um, you know, G- you know, Gino not being able to access that third read and, and hit it. And then uh, a lot of it though was when they get in the red zone, they're trying to call the touchdown play every single time rather than, Hey, maybe we could, uh, throw an underneath pattern and get some yak, maybe we could um, run the ball from a actual kind of different look to the shotgun. Maybe we could come out in a formation that threatens run or pass. Um, right. Maybe don't run
3: trips. I don't
1: know. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 two fourth down sacks. Well, the one fourth down sack, then the second hit is thrown. I mean, the, the pressure is there immediately. Like he can't even. He he's trying to start his throwing motion on the first one, and he he ends up tucking it. There's no chance. The second one, there's absolutely no chance. It's it's inoperable. You can't. There's nothing to be done. And in, fourth in and eight,
2: like that's kind of what's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and and I'm not and I'm not like critic like again like they played well on early downs just as the whole offense played well on early downs that's why they had so many scoring opportunities that they proceeded to blunder. Um, I'm not like critic like I I like Jake Curran a lot. I think he's an NFL starter, probably a below average one, but I think he's a legit starter, especially when he's healthy. But what makes him below average is that you put him in overt situations, such as a fourth and eight where it's all pass all the way then that's where the weaknesses are, are going to show up I, I think primarily um i think primarily it's like you said i honestly worry way more about the separation in the red zone which is not just a receiver thing it's also play call i don't know what's going on there the, i liked their process even though the results were bad on third downs in red zone last year too the process seemed way better it seemed like they had core plays that they liked like outside mills inside mills uh, they ran mesh in the red zone that worked, and we're just not seeing a lot of it. Um, again, well, I feel say, like the tape will be really telling. but um...
2: You say that, Griff, but in terms of Seattle coming into this year, we spoke about how whether the offense really needed to improve was on third down, right? And then in the red zone, like converting more opportunities. So, yeah. And I know there's a lot of stuff which goes into that, but keeping it fairly broad, it's a bit disappointing that and I know Pete Carroll is the most disappointed about this because they emphasized it in the offseason, improving on third downs. They've really tried to get good at it. And right now they they look bad. Um, yeah. one thing Penal- I penalties
1: that- too are the other hidden thing here.
2: I don't remember too many on in those like third down situations. Well,
1: like the, a penalty on first or second down is just pushing right, the, okay, the yeah. chains back, it's one, like a yeah. systemic thing. And
2: and funny enough, Seattle actually on third down went five of twelve this game, um, <laughs> but it was that, that was red that zone. was all
1: running though, right? For the most yeah, part, yeah. I think
2: it was the shorter ones. Yeah, uh, although they had that nice strike to Jackson Smith and Jigbo over the middle, didn't I
3: they? I think I think he got DK on one of
2: them. Okay. But yeah, that one of five in the red zone is what is what killed them, and ultimately as well is why Pete Carroll stresses the importance of turnovers because it's a very different looking game, especially of how the defense is playing. If they don't turn the ball over twice, like they probably get a field goal at least out of that drive, and then. The Bengals didn't get any yards on the play on the drive in the second half that they ended up getting three points. So,
1: well, it's it's like Ty said. This was a, you hate to use the phrase, but it's just such a winnable game. Yeah. <laughs> such oh, it, a winnable it, well, game. and
2: that that's kind of troubling f- from like a a whole perspective of how good this team can be. The fact that they lost it. I know Pete Carroll right. after the game was positive about it, and it's it, there are a lot of learning moments within it. But I, I guess I'd the say,
3: cope is like you more so beat yourself rather than, you know, you got beat, right? Like, I, yeah,
1: as far as how it impacts projecting it forward. I mean, if they hit a couple of field goals, it's really the same day in terms of process, but the win, the everyone, the morale is higher. But as far as that, how that actually, the, that, that doesn't have any bearing on how, how likely they are to beat the Cardinals next week. Like if they hit a couple of field goals or don't, it's like, it's literally the same, you know, like the chance of, of, their prospects moving forward so in that vein I'm not discouraged about them moving forward at all but I'm frustrated now, by what happened today
2: yeah now the other factor I felt was I don't understand well I do understand but it seemed like the 12 personnel and multiple tight end usage uh, went down coming into the game they were running 12 personnel the sixth highest amount in the league and their number one in EPA per play via that look and it was helping them uh, not just on first and second down and hiding tendencies in that way and staying kind of diverse, but it was also helping them on third down with chips and 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 helping protection and also high tendencies. Right? And now, maybe it's because Charles Cross is back and that kind of emboldened them to to get off that. But that that kind maybe. of uh, weirded me out. That's another. I, I'd need to see the snap counts to see if that's actually the case. But I don't know if you guys agree that. No, it felt like multiple...
3: a lot of felt like a lot of shotgun eleven personnel. Today. Right. Yeah, what,
2: Ty, on that point, Ty, you, you had the same kind of thought as me on the up tempo into a, a so lock it deep post. You're like, oh, yeah. they're gonna win here, yeah. first and goal, uh, first and seven, and then they go up tempo into that tie on first and seven. Yeah, they go
3: hurry up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Like, call the timeout. Uh, like, Griff, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well. I, I think that they clearly, with connecting that to all their second down runs, which might have been run checks. I think mm-hmm. that out of eleven personnel, the way that the Bengals organized themselves, I think they thought they they had a particular weakness against gun runs, um, and especially the fronts they play against eleven personnel spread. So, yeah. and, and with how like aggressive Genoa is checking out of pa- what I assume were pass plays into into run plays, um, I, I think it was like. They thought that they were going to pop more explosives than they did, and they had that one early on, I think, out of gun. And then from there, they couldn't get anything going, which shocked me because they've been blocking okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's Damian Lewis not being in and then, you know, like Haynes being out of position. Uh, But I think that also then, because of the failed second-down runs, it also hurt them on third downs a little bit too. Um, So I'm just not sure why there was so much second-down running. Um, I think it was clearly a game plan thing that they saw.
2: Well, yeah. It didn't work, did it? It was it all did. shotgun, and it was all kind of up the middle. And the Bengals was really good at playing it.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sequencing, wise is there on on that last series? It just felt like maybe run on first, and then get into your passing stats on the, on second, third, and fourth. But I don't know it, that. Just like the, the the execution of that whole minute 20 second sequence down in the red zone was kind of a bit confusing to me especially on first and second like it just really threw everything else for a loop but like but yeah
2: yeah so i'm I'm just looking at the chat and the comments in the chat i know there's some suggestion that kenneth walker played a poor game and i don't think i i mean again we need to he ran hard yeah i I thought he played really really well uh, yeah. I just think it kind of speaks to the fact that those second down gun runs, like we're speaking about, were poor. I know there's also kind of a theory that Geno Smith was hurt uh, or playing hurt with his, the knee thing he's dealing with. I didn't really see any evidence of that from how he threw the football. And I, that just looked like a classic. Um,
0: he also played a of couple of times. He looked just like Geno. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It
2: just um, didn't work out.
1: Another part of the offense that I think is is something that we should talk about, like not connecting it to the, the final results of the game even. Uh, but something that we've been looking for that hasn't happened even when they've had good games is that they finally got explosive downfield on deep passes. All their explosives I, have been coming yeah. on like intermediate plays. But they finally got downfield this game. The deep post yeah. to lock it, they hit DK. And I think um, that's
2: Charles CrossGriff. Like I really yeah. do. I, I think he yeah. was like I said, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but the pass pro was was solid like when it wasn't a massive obvious fourth down and eight or it was just late in the game and the Bengals kind of worked out what was going on
1: yeah I mean when it when it was yeah when when it wasn't when it wasn't a stressful situation they did well and again that speaks to the general like the floor of competence is extremely high if you're getting into the red zone like at will your offense is doing something right it means it has real like ability um so i don't know i i feel like it it's just really like i mean i hate to be this way but i feel like everyone just seems to be a little bit cleaner and like those contributions from every part of it the play calling the quarterback The O-line, the receivers will add up to be more than enough, and I think that will pay dividends on third down and pay dividends in the red zone, and they'll have more explosive touchdowns as well, so you don't have to worry about the red zone. I'm really not worried about the offense. Um, I mean, I think the fact that they have, I mean, they're what, the eighth-ranked offense right now overall with their offensive line situation at the end of the day is a huge positive sign huge positive sign for the the long-term arc of the season, especially with, and we can transition to how well the defense played today as well, so um, unless you guys have other closing thoughts on offense.
2: Well, just to reemphasize how shotgun-heavy it felt in that second half, the lack of tight end usage, um, the lack of under-center run game in the second half, or, or commitment to that when the Bengals coming into this game were poor against tight ends and poor against the run. I just, yeah, I think they need a red zone recalibration. But it's surprising to me that hasn't happened given, like I said, this isn't the first time this season they've had stalling. Uh, It's just they happen to get punished for it this game. Like the Giants game, they stalled and you're like, oh, they don't have their offensive line. They don't have the starting line. It's like, well, some of that was shaky pass pro, like, killing a concept's, like, second option. But I think there's a, I think they need to sort of recalibrate their their play calling a bit. Um, And, yeah, they've got to learn from this because they're punished for it today.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: So the the defense was actually really damn good. Now, it started off a bit shaky, but um, a Twitter account called um, Matty F. Brown uh, tweeted. I haven't heard of him. uh, Really?
1: Is he here all week?
3: I think I I have him blocked.
2: What?
1: Um, Is he about to tell me to try The veal?
3: The
2: veal?
1: yeah it's the best of the city
2: i i um i enjoy veal we we'll talk about that uh, after the show but anyway um <laughs> gonna get cancelled for enjoying veal oh no well, Ve-
3: veal discourse
2: <laughs> not yikes um i essentially said that I thought they'd improve because already the defense like throughout the season against opponents they've taken a while to settle in especially when the opponent is doing something they haven't really seen before in real action and the bengals with how 11 personal heavy they are shotgun heavy usage of empty but then that kind of duo action uh is a a tough challenge um and they really did acclimatize the signs from those first two drives are really promising it was the check down seattle killing the check down but Receivers falling forward or, or just scooting around outside mm-hmm. and getting pushed out of bounds, and then it was Burrow absolutely killing the blitz off run pass option, which I questioned how sustainable that was. And indeed, uh not to toot my own horn too much, so but it wasn't it. sustainable. He's
3: doing it. He's doing it. Uh, Here he goes <laughs> along with the again. fact,
2: yeah. uh, <laughs> along with the fact that you know they did, they just didn't. Yeah, they they just did they did fine. They did re- they did really well in the second half, and I felt uh, you know multiple yeah. players, Julian Love, um, Jamal Adams were they. Love brought up the fact that they adjusted play calling a bit, and I think most of that was yeah. one the Bengals seemed to go away from the run game a bit, uh, and Griff, you can kind of speak to how the Bengals' offense adapted, but two I felt Seattle really mixed in uh, bonus fire zones well, um, and kind of knew where the ball was going to when they sh- showed a the type of pressure, Al- along with just their tackling got even better. And all of the positive signs that we've seen, they held Bengals running backs to 3.1 yards per carry, which is really impressive. Uh, Jamar Chase was held to 13 targets, 80 receiving yards, but one interception, no touchdowns. Uh, all of the positives kind of remained after a tough start against Joe Burrow, who was playing really impressive football, mm-hmm. Griff.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think call-wise, yeah, the calls did change, especially the uh, third down calls changed. Um, they, they seem to have just an issue, like a flat issue with, like, outbreaking stuff, like guys getting picked up, picked off by rub routes and everything and just traffic in general. Um, so I think they played more zone. Uh, they also rotated to uh, – they played more zones. So they could be more, like, evenly distributed, I think, um, for like the whole field really. And then they just squeezed the windows really well. I think they played good depth, but then also what allowed for that further to be effective is that they started rotating strong. Like, like last week when we talked about one of the, um, the, the tape review podcast. So they were, they were playing more like strong buzz rotations. So I think we saw yep. Quandre digs come down. Um, I think we saw love come down a little bit. Um, and that was kind of their problem area, uh, initially i think and they they corrected it and then also the the defensive backs i mean they just kind of they were being challenged like they like the Bengals were kind of running into the teeth of woolen and and trey brown and even witherspoon a little bit and they just turned on the jets and they kind of answered the call i think they corrected and they just out competed in the second half i think was a huge part of it um and the pass rush gave them just enough in the second half it wasn't overwhelming but they they finally just had a presence is how i see it like they just made themselves be felt mm-hmm. um so
3: kind of felt like uh the the lions game a little bit in that respect second yeah. half pass rush kind of turned it on mhm yeah
2: burrow was sacked th- uh, three times
3: um
1: oh and and like there were no like huge blunders right like no huge assignment errors no big like structural problems as we've been saying it was it was really just isolation here and there, and that dried up in the second half too. So I think the tape will show that they just played really good, organized defense. Their talented players, played like talented players who were confident yeah. and knew what they were doing. And then I'm really excited to see Clint Hurts, um, how his game plan adapted. He So he, he definitely did a lot with um, getting, giving them one-on-ones in the, in the pass rush department. I think was a huge piece of it too, especially in the second half. I think we saw more overload fronts. Um. Yeah, I'm curious to see all of what happened there, but
3: yeah, and I don't think that it's necessarily a byproduct of uh you know Burrow's injury or whatever that he's dealing with right now, and just kind of the struggles that the Bengals offense ha- have been going through for a little bit over the last few weeks. But I mean, like last week against Arizona, they were able to push the ball downfield. They had a lot of success. Like they were pretty much doing everything that they typically do. So, um, I I, I think this was just a good game plan, good execution by the Seahawks and it's another you know positive uh you know, it's another feather to put in your cap here uh, yeah Seahawks.
1: so so as Shiv asked earlier hashtag since week two that's right Seahawks Seahawks have the uh oh shoot I had it up and in a way oh dear well while you find that like,
2: in this game oh no. two uh two touchdowns on the first two drives and then six context six consecutive stops um Impressive, and you know the field goal they gave up. They didn't give up any yards on that yeah. drive. As I think I've said on here. um
1: right. So they fourth they, fourth ranked defense since week two. That's the right, fourth ranked defense since, since week, week two. two, baby.
2: So should we should we talk about individual players? Because I mean, Trey Brown had a great game, didn't he? That mm-hmm. what that pick where they it was one of those plays where Seattle was rotating into three buzz. I think for the first time, Burrow saw he had a one on one the outside. Jamar Chase on Trey Brown, he thought he could take that. I mean, that is so tough, like the way that ball's thrown for Trey Brown to get his head around and sort of catch that football in his chest. And then what I loved is that uh, he gave them another shot to go and win the game. The pass breakup he had with 153 left in the fourth quarter where Barrow goes for T. Higgins, taller guy. Trey Brown hangs in there, breaks the pass up and gets man i thought that flag was for dpr yeah yeah i thought so too i i, I was so. like there is no shot. i was gonna lose my mind
3: there. i was gonna lose mm-hmm. my mind because there was no shot no shot that was such a well-played ball by by trey
2: and yet it was offensive pass interference and yeah. and uh he just fought through it and got the pass breakup too really really good game for him and i mean seattle just has so many options ty because like trey brown played really well at left corner but then do you want Witherspoon at left corner so Jamal Adams can play in the slot and Julian Love can play strong safety? It really does come to matchups like they envisioned.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we saw Devin in, in the nickel quite a bit, and he was doing a bunch of different stuff. He was blitzing and all that like he was in, in New York. And, I mean, they have so many options, and I think that's what makes this defense so fun, or at least part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're, they're so dynamic, and I think, like, the more continuity that they build here over the next coming weeks is just going to be like I'm really excited to see what the final product of this defense looks like, and it kind of—I don't know how you guys feel—but it kind of changes my mind a little bit in terms of what their ceiling might be as a defense. Um, but uh, well, this game, uh, just in terms of like what we've saw, uh, what we've seen the last couple of weeks, and just the personnel that they have, and like again, once they build more continuity with one another, as long as everyone stays mm. healthy, it's like it's really exciting what this defense could possibly become
2: yeah i mean the the caveat i suppose and i'm i'm all on board with um with getting excited about the defense as yeah. people would know but the the thing is really that i felt especially in that second half with cincinnati losing uh orlando brown as their left tackle it felt like they were just going super super quick game try and get the ball out even quicker than they had been and so i'm not sure how much drop back game we saw because of that like I mean, it's it's harsh, but I think that wasn't the full Cincinnati quite, but it was pretty close. And, yeah, like I said, even the touchdown plays they gave up, I thought they are playing really good defense. It's unfortunate they jumped off sides in the fourth and yeah. two, and they had some issues with Burrow's cadence. Like, he was doing a really good job there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Griff... You, yes. are, you also are quite the optimist when it comes to defense in, ge- uh, in particular, but do you, did you notice like a philosophical change when it comes to the, the Cincinnati offense or, you know, it's hard to say, isn't it?
1: Um, I mean, th- they played a lot of cover three. They want to be a cover three team because it benefits. I mean, the benefits of cover three is that it's easier to be situated for the run, snap in and snap out. You're more versatile against the run. And because you're more sound and versatile for the run, it allow, also allows the defensive linemen to be have more aggressive mindset when they do read pass. Um, they can kind of, if you overcheat your your pass key, it's not that hard to recover to your run assignment in a covered okay. three boxed out or a gapped out system. Uh, what allows them to do that is that they got corners and the corners were cornering. So they were cornering well out there. So um, g- generally speaking, um, I, I think like that's what they're trying to be they play too high and particularly like high pass situations and they have complimentary calls available to them supplementary calls as well to like just patch up the weak spots and to give and to like play with expectation you give a look you give a look and then you you take it out for you rip up the uh what do you what is that when you when you rip out the um what am i saying the rug out the from teeth? underneath them oh. um well, maybe that too. Um, you're, you're always trying to yank a tooth out of the quarterback, but I'm just saying like they, they have their core identity. They play well in it. And then they've got complimentary calls to um, to work off of that and to clean up issues. Um, and I think that's, that's something that Clint Hurt, I think, like people don't want to hear this, but Ken Norton Jr., I'm not talking about him in totality. He was very good and very pointed about having complimentary calls that fix the issues of his base calls. So, like, his base calls had strengths and weaknesses. The weaknesses were what they were. His complementary calls were there to clean up those issues in certain contexts. Um, I don't think Clint Hurt has quite found those yet, but I think he's starting to now.
2: He, yeah, I yeah, 100% is what agree I'm, is with what that. I'm trying it, to say. It really felt like that, uh, especially just the way that they adjusted to each thing Cincinnati was doing. But Griff, what I was asking is, did, did you feel the Bengals offensively did they go into the show, or, or become more of a quick game attack, or you know how well, how badly did the left tackle loss hurt them? Like, is this somewhat fake?
1: So you're asking if the, if the Bengals had a f- philosophical change? Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. Um, no, no, I mean no, th- that that's what that, about is good. I mean I mean Burrow's average depth of target can be quite low, like yeah. it's uh, but it was lower than it normally is. I mean he's he wants to throw he wants to throw five step phase to chase all day long. He wants to lob it up. He wants to throw it with the right timing arc touch. And that they, they weren't hitting it. Like they weren't hitting a lot of the isolation on the ex, on the outside. And he the was checking half it down, all.
2: right? Like he was having he to used, check it down. He was
1: checking it down. And then they were also doing a lot of quick game too. Or where, where it's yes, it's a short route, short target, but not necessarily a check down. Um and they were, I think they were testing like can we just find the weak spots? And they were initially, and then they stopped. The, the tackling was better there was more constriction and the second level so like they're reading the play out well like they're they're reacting to what's the formation what's the situation what are they what's the tendency and that inform like just good spot dropping does that you constrict windows better when you do that so um
2: one cool adjustment I think I saw was you know that play where Bobby Wagner got was the middle hook and he had to like run across the field and he you, you just couldn't move like and it ended up almost getting to the corner luckily brooks was there as well mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was one of those plays where you're like wow bobby really the lateral movement is just yikes uh one thing i think i saw and i need to watch and that was a 2 by 2 play i think and i think 3 by 1 was where this happened but seemed like adams was being used more to look for that kind of crosser with bobby just run into the high hole um which is something he could still do if he's just given that one assignment and has other people taking shallow stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, something I'm looking forward to watching back for. Uh, Ty, are, are you like a big believer in the
3: defense? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe. Okay. Dane Gonzalez believes in the Seattle Seahawks defense, especially since week two. Uh, I I've look. I I think that the the run defense, especially, is is incredibly sustainable um you know i still have my concerns a little bit about bobby but it seems like they've done a better job of masking his deficiencies over the last couple weeks um Mm. and the the second again the the secondary as long as it can stay healthy i think just as long as those guys continue to build continuity with one another like the the sky's the limit for that unit um i i really like the personnel that they have uh and, and schematically, I mean, they're doing some really cool stuff right now. Uh mm. and you know, we'll see. Like there's obviously a lot of context here with the last few games, right? Panthers, you know, are just kind of whatever. The Giants have really struggled this year. The Bengals have obviously not necessarily played like the Bengals and Joes obviously hurt and, you know, they missed their left tackle for like half the game. All that I get that, but we're seeing some really cool stuff out of this defense. And uh, I, I think with the personnel that they have, the 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 upside here, I, I think there's a legitimate upside here. And I, and I think that it's changed a, at least a little bit of my perspective in terms of what they can be as a defense, uh, uh, like their ceiling for, for being a defense. Like, I think that, you know, going into the season, I think like the the ceiling was probably, they were just going to be middle of the pack, but I feel like they could flirt with top 10 defense at this point like so yeah I, I i'm a big believer in what we've seen though so far
2: i mean it's crazy cincinnati only had 214 yards total
3: yeah yeah yeah
1: and four and, yards and, per play very frustrating. we're not going to do the thing oh joe's off to a slow start he looked great against the cardinals so yeah yeah no, he exactly looked, and they're he at home great the too. first two
2: drives like, he yeah. looked great this whole yeah. game yeah. He every yeah, decision yeah. he made every throw looked really good Seattle yeah. just out-executed down there. The...
1: They corrected. They just adjusted to it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway.
2: Ah, well. Right. I'm... So, go on, Griff. Sorry.
1: No, no. I, was, I No, you're fine. Go ahead.
2: So, in terms of the landscape of the, this loss, immediately it becomes disappointing because around the league there were some surprising results. The Eagles lost in the nfc so they're now five and one and the san francisco 49ers also lost uh and so they're five and one so if seattle had won this game they'd have been four and one and suddenly you're like oh we're close mm-hmm. we being the seahawks however right. if you're we, being we positive, did it we were on the field that was us yeah we'd have won we, we
1: did it Reddit. Um, yeah. it
3: if if but i if you... was if i was the quarterback i would have thrown the touchdown play mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. But if you're being positive, you know, Seattle still has to play the 49ers twice, which is terrifying, but the defense is playing well. And the fact they dropped a game, at least other people around them dropped a game too, even though the the Rams did win against the Cardinals. Uh, another noteworthy loss for Seattle, if they're looking kind of wild cardy, is that the Buccaneers lost to the Lions because the Lions are obviously going to win that division. And, yeah. yeah. The box need to. I don't know. So, positives, negatives. It's it was a tough loss, but um, yeah. Would you would you rather lose like this? Would you rather watch Seattle lose like this, or would you rather watch them get blown out forty to nothing?
3: Oh, this because like at least the defense was good, and there's positives to take away from this. And I feel like all right. Obviously, these issues that the offense dealt with today have been prevalent, and you know this year and even last year. But they feel fixable, and they obviously have great personnel offensively. And there's some injuries and all that that they're dealing with. Like I, I feel like the the offense is going to get it together. The defense was kind of the big mystery, but it's been really good so far, and it. Did that again today against a good offense like yeah yeah mm. yeah this this 100 times out of 100. yeah this because
1: yeah. it's it's one reflects what you know how you lose and how you win reflects what you are and i'd, I'd rather than be a team that was really close to winning than a team that got blown out because that affects how you project them moving forward so
2: yeah is it stupid that i would feel better if Gina had actually thrown the ball on 4th and 8 rather than just getting sacked.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up
0: during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: anyway i mean, I mean I technically he did throw well, the ball. he did throw he couldn't yeah. even get a throw off okay. man yeah okay. so got the, the one right, the, right, the, guys, the one before stupid, that right, right. The, the the fourth down sack on the previous drive the fourth and he, two the fourth and two on the previous drive right in the red zone hmm. where he does get sacked. he can't even he can't even lift his arm up before the pressure's on him so the top of his drop i mean well,
2: that was the was, was that where they showed cover zero was that it or
1: I don't even know. I mean, I mean I, I don't I don't I don't remember man. Cuz um, fourth
2: and 2 not runnings it just seems weird, doesn't it? But um or having threat of run. But they might have been showing zero. There was a play where they play they actually played cover zero and it almost got picked. Also There's a lot r- of stuff. R- r-
3: real quick, this obviously didn't have a major impact on the game, but it was just really weird. It was like third and 3, I think it was on their second drive. They went empty on third and 3. Like,
2: yeah, get get Gino, I mean, I prefer that to, in general though the the amount of five man pass protection where they they release the back out and the back's not even, like he's just running a li- little over the ball check down or or just the yeah. he's not really stretching the play he's not really doing much. Like... Could we maybe keep him in or help Kerhon yeah. or
3: I yeah I don't want to be like the you know blame the play calling guy but like there was some weird stuff today where I'm just like.
1: Well, it, we, we can criticize it because I feel like we're pretty content with the early down play calling, and I feel like we're just yeah. not content with the third down well, play calling. And we're, a,
2: we're just we had a pop at second down runs, to be fair.
1: True, but like we're making a isolated criticism, right? We're not just like oh the play and calling, and it's a
2: theme, Like it's, and it's the theme. data shows they stink at third downs. So. Yeah,
3: it's it's just yeah. a yeah, it's a theme, and then like today it was just like the sequencing of things was a little little off a little weird
2: mm. well then can we uh yeah we talked about gino's picks didn't we griff you, know, you didn't why didn't he throw the leak play to smith and Jigba?
1: i don't even remember that one. Oh, he's mad.
2: maybe he missed it maybe that was one no of he's staring gino's it right at he's staring right at it i don't understand why he didn't throw it
1: yeah The spirit of Russell Wilson took him over.
2: I mean, it just he just looked really scared. I don't understand why he didn't put it.
1: I mean, that's why I said Gino played fine, which I use as a word as proxy for mediocre. Like I call it's an average mediocre game. In average games, you do good things and you do bad things, and it balances out or averages out even to average. Like we just don't need to live in this world of extremes all the time. Like Real. saying he was atrocious today is as inaccurate as saying is he was fantastic.
3: Right? No, he was average. Three hundred yards. That's like, a there's a lot of context as to why the yeah, Seahawks offense didn't perform today. But uh we gotta we gotta pin it on one guy, Griff. Yeah, only
1: year. one individual.
3: Yeah. There's only one man to blame. Let's blame Pete Carroll. That's, That's right. That's right. Let's go back to Pre twenty twenty two discourse,
1: yeah. Like, like, no. what what happened to that? What? what okay. Why can't we just blame Pete Carroll like we like
3: like we used to? Somehow this is Scott Service's fault. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Also, I saw the the fifty four percent success rate. Are you seriously? Oh, yeah, then?
1: actually, his early down success rate for this game, which is what he's been doing all year. It's like right. It's like right up there.
3: I can't which escape is- that number, dude. <laughs> Uh, I'm having uh, Richard Sherman PTSD. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which speaks to how well. Like again, like this, the health of the offense is moving well. They just have this horrible Achilles heel right now,
2: which is quite an important one, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Jake Bobo. He played well. He's he's kind of good. Kind of a gamer. (laughs) Like the way he. He's the way he dog. fell forward, he's... broke a tackle on that. Hi, yeah, I hate to say it, And then took it, the man. shot and, and held onto the ball. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's he's C- he CTE'd himself for, okay, for the cause. Okay. He he's like popping it, Grif, off. Grif, stop, <laughs> it. Grif,
2: stop it. Uh, um, I, I tweeted Bobo's a bigger, better Cooper Cup, and Rams fans took it seriously, and right. it's really bad. It's bad.
3: Maddie, what do nice. you think about the color pur- uh, purple?
2: It's a good book, right. very good novel. Right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. really, really dark, but um, uh, right. beautiful.
0: Right.
3: What about teams that wear purple uniforms that play in the state of Washington?
2: Well, i I don't think they, um, they won, didn't they? So good for them. Right. Right. Good for them. I don't think they can tackle. Uh,
3: J- Jake Bobo. Uh, yeah, I hate, I hate to say, I hate to report, but uh, yeah, he's kind of a dog, like more Bobo. Do we think more that Bobo. Seattle's
2: offense tried to force the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba, and that's why they failed this week?
3: That's why they were running so much eleven personnel. Is it a conspiracy get... theory? No. It was to I force think... JSN.
1: To... I think it was a great sign. We didn't talk about. It. I think it was a great sign that he hit that dig route to him, in yeah. between the two zone defenders. I don't know that, why they don't that's... Do... So well, he, there was two, wasn't there? There was,
2: there was the big dig, and then there's like the small in where really tight window.
1: Well, um, not to being a, not to beat a dead horse, but those were the route patterns we saw him running out against the Rams and the Lions, and the protection did not allow Gino to progress to it. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Maddie, on early downs, the progression was better, and that they hit on a lot of stuff. Uh, a short field, though. I mean, I wonder if it's just the receiver makeup on a short field. Guys aren't able to separate as much. I mean, theoretically, that's why also why you got Jackson, right?
2: I mean, it just felt so exactly. It just and even Lockett and and um, heck, Walker's well, a receiver's receiver is kind of interesting. It's just well, the, it like just the, seems the, the, so. The one... un... If if the... if what we see right on the on the tape is the the isolated trips and the isolated X receiver running like a fade, a go go route. Then the slot running a seam then the two running a hitch or an out or or like a really skinny post and then the outside receiver running a hitch or or a fade i'm gonna be mad because that's exactly what they did they called it back to back into the panthers basically and it's like these whole this whole concept of well, we'll read the backside safety, and if he's not doubling DK, then we'll throw it to DK. If he's doubling DK, we'll progress to the trips. But timing-wise, like just predictability-wise, that they need to mix it up more. If that's what they were doing, we need the tape.
3: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of gun 11 personnel trips. Very cool.
2: Very cool. Love that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Big, yeah. big fan, big fan. Especially and then the I feel zone. like
2: when the Bengals played man, the receivers just got Alfred again, a bit like what happened against the Giants on that uh, third and four play we saw, where they had the trips bunch beat her, and they all just got bullied. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I challenge Shane Waldron to run a two by two formation down in the red zone, please. Let's see it.
2: Yeah, Gino Gino must just love the the trip this idea, but like you could can just I, hit the little hitch dig, right? Like I, if it's quarters, I, I
3: don't. Can I please get mesh? One mesh.
1: Yeah, let's see one some mesh. mesh. I mean, it worked for them last year in the red zone. Um, they
2: they had a nice completion on mesh to DK Metcalf on the over the ball route earlier, not yep. in the red zone, obviously.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Um. So like the other one though, the the one throw to Tyler in the in the um red zone where it was deflected like Tyler was didn't separate and i wonder if that was
2: he was kind of grabbed i mean they were letting them play throughout the game so it was consistent. it's consistent he was yeah. kind of grabbed wasn't he but yeah
1: and the fact that gino even threw it i think kind of speaks to like dire situation like frustration like like they're not going to have a better chance than that really um
2: well and don't forget the the like RPO play where they actually ended up scoring on the drive, but he like threw it at um at like pass interference, right? But both those guys were clamped on that play. Yeah. Well, that wasn't. I was trying to end on a positive that other teams lost in Seattle's only basically.
0: I the, mean, they're the, not one game all right behind, again the
3: cope is. You did not get beat. You beat yourself. You were very, very good enough to win this game, not only by one score, but maybe a couple of scores. So that's the Cope. Defense is all the way back. Since week two, fourth best defense in the league. They shut down Joe Burrow and company for Number three one quarters run today. defense. Number one run defense. We're so back. We're so back on, in that regard. And the, the offense will fix itself.
2: Yeah, even though it's like been going on for the whole season and there were signs of it last season.
3: It's going to fix itself. They're going to let they're going to listen to the Seattle overload podcast. Shade Waldron is going well, to We haven't to
2: given them any solutions.
3: They're we're just complaining, which is our They're job. they're going they're going to recognize their flaws, right? They're going to look themselves in the mirror and they're going to make some halftime adjustments. Maddie. well, could
2: they make could they make uh like start of game
3: adjustments? <laughs> There are only one kind of. There's only one kind of adjustments, and that is halftime adjustments. Mally.
2: I mean, to be Wait. fair, that actually that was one thing. I was think I was like, okay, so that's you know they've gone in. They're not in a disaster. Hopefully, the defense can because the Bengals got the ball at the half, right? So hopefully, the defense can hold them, and, and and they can adjust there, and then hopefully the offense can be like, hey, we're we're moving the ball. Like, right? let's have we've had some shot plays dialed up, which for whatever reason didn't go down the field. Let's let's just tweak. Let's find DK Metcalf if he's that open as it looked on the broadcast, and let let's go score some points. The fact it's just so weird, and it's it's for big periods of games that this stuff happens. It's like yeah. second second half lulls. How many times have we been like, yeah, yeah, that was bad, but they did actually kick the field goal at the end, like. You're right slightly listen, concerning
3: listen it's tell the truth monday tomorrow pete's gonna get in there he's gonna give them a real stern talking to you. he's gonna say guys we suck in the red zone right now let's fix that and then yeah, they're gonna go like, yeah
2: they'll be like you're right yeah if i'm telling the truth
3: right yeah That that's correct coach and then they're gonna come up with some new plays that that work in the red they'll zone. they'll get the magic wand out Right,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the other good news is that Seattle's next opponent is the one of f- five Arizona Cardinals who they play kind of scrappy, but in the fourth quarter of games, they just
3: yeah. they, they they play like annoying.
2: Caleb Williams is in the draft or insert other quarterback from that class.
3: Right uh yeah they 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 look annoying uh dobbs is making some good throws but then he's also doing some you know wacky and crazy stuff as well and so uh yeah i i i think that this is a good opportunity for a get right game for the seahawks i'll say that yep. agreed
2: well they do need to get right on offense all right thanks everyone for watching and listening like the video uh, comment, subscribe, and if you are just listening, five star review, please. Follow Griff at C Mike Spin Move. Follow Ty at Dane Gunsula's. Follow me at Mattie F Brown and follow the podcast at Seattle Overload. We'll be back uh, Tuesday, is it, Griff, with a special guest to preview the Arizona Cardinals game?
1: That's right, uh, yep. Wednesday.
2: Thank you, Griff. Wednesday, and five. then we will have a film recap of probably looking at the key theme of the defeat which is the red zone we'll be looking at that from the offense what actually went wrong via the tape and then maybe we can squeeze in some some exciting defensive stuff also griff and i will have videos from this week looking at players comment down below what player you would like to see us break down who you're interested in or maybe a theme uh, at com, I have an article on how Jackson Smith and Jigba wasn't getting the football and sort of looking at the reasons why and his usage, obviously this game he started to get it a bit more downfield so obviously they've read that article
3: <laughs> yep, yep. he carol reads uh, Seahawks on tape, Jane check
2: Walter. out uh, Ty on on Mariners where he's doing uh, really good Mariners offseason content I am very feeling very hopeful about the Mariners now Mm. I think you are. I think they win the World Series next year.
3: Really? Oh. Yeah. All right. Well then. Yeah. Chat just because you have locked on mariners. Yeah,
1: clip that chat.
2: No, don't ch- chat. Chat. Clip and uh, Griff, make sure you check out Griff's uh, <sighs> code posting.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, more to come.
2: All right. Have a good evening.